to the evening, Jones. Some things have happened. You know, a little news came out, whatever. I figure I might as well just wait and handle it as a question. Um, I don't really even know. How, well, actually, this is very, very, very interesting here, okay? Now, I just want to be clear that my feelings aren't hurt by any of this, right? I want to make sure that you understand that I'm good with it. However, last week, the man announced that I was going to get me a TV show. Now, that was last week, right? And 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 by and large, you know, like wh- where I am right now is I'm amongst friends, right? Like y'all the crew, y'all the peoples that's about the closest, you know, like people who come here, a lot of y'all go way far back, and a lot of y'all just kind of connect to the content in a more intimate way. Therefore, the podcast is something that you're into, and that's cool. I look down. And I check all the questions that they're all for me to check right now. I feel like you are also able to go down and check out the questions. And I looked and I was like, yo, I didn't see no questions about the show. Or maybe there were questions because now I look down and it's about two of them. Uh, anyway, I guess now I'll go to your questions. Hey, congrats on your new show. Have you pinched yourself yet? Now. That right there, I think, is a very uh, interesting proposition because, you know, I'm not like one of the interesting things to me about this job that I'm doing is that I'm not a dreamer. You know, like that's I got I don't really have a lot of that. Oh, what I always dreamed I was going to do or whatever it is. And even if I did, this is not the line of work that I kind of dreamed of getting in. I wound up getting in and then I was here. Then I was having a good time. And so the thing for me is that, you know, going back a long time, I. This is how I put it. Like, I'm the person who sat at the house and watched people on TV do this and looked up and said, but, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then when it, like, found a way to kind of do it, there was some hiccups, there was some ups and downs or whatever, but, you know, like, kind of found a way to get there. Like, that's a really... That is some real do not try this at home shit when you stop and think about it. Like, I'm very honest about this fact. Like, I don't I don't recommend you go about this the way that I went about it at all. I do not. I, I don't have a great answer for how this worked for me. I got some hypotheses, but some of them make me sound less than humble. Now, I don't know exactly how this works for anybody else. However, like, this is the thing now. So the man announced last week. That uh, me and my buddy Pablo Torre, we're going to be doing a television show. That television show will start on the 2nd of January. Um, I will be on Highly Questionable through the end of June. Uh, if you saw the press release, they put it out like it didn't have a whole lot of information. You got to understand. I got information out of that press release. I saw that press release and it said the show will start on January 2nd. And I was like, cool, let me write that down on my calendar. I did not know. So like there actually is not very much that I can tell you that is not like like factual basis. It's not very much that I can tell you that isn't in the press release because I don't think there is that much necessarily to tell uh, right now. Plus, this thing about working at a job where they put out press releases, just in case you're curious. You work at a job where they put out a press release, you very clearly know what you are and are not supposed to talk about. Why? Because they put out a statement on behalf of the operation that might as well say at the top, this is what we're going to say. And then you look up, and they said what they're going to say. They send you an email, and they're like, hey, 
You think you can give us a, a quote for, about your new show? You send it in. And you know what happens when you send it in? They read it and they decide if that's what you're going to say. Because what you're going to say ties into what we going to say. Because the press release might as well be titled. This is what we going to say. So, like, I got so many details to tell you. Now, my man, Rodimus Prime, is in the chat room, and I'll point that out because Rod said we did it for free T-shirts and massage chairs and the Daryl Ball, <laughs> the dude on ESPN. See, me and, Rod, me and Rod go back now, like, 10 years now. I quoted Rod in something I wrote on ESPN.com in 2007. Like, we legit go back in that way and then we kind of reconnected through radio and now Rod's doing incredible things with his podcast network like a man that is like legitimately inspiring to anybody I think that's out here like look I'm trying to do what it is that I want to do like this man really did it and made it happen so check out the podcast Black Guy Who Tips now I used to be like if people go back to me on the radio show man I would just get up and get on Twitter and be like yo I'm going to the mall to get a massage. And when I say I was going to the mall to get a massage, what I was doing was I was going to the mall and then I was going to the Brookstone. And then I just go sit down in the massage chair until I got what I felt was a full on massage. I was that guy. Like, you know, the people that go to that go to Sam's Club and just go sample hunting until they get full. Nah, man, that's what I was doing with the massage chair. Like it was you have to understand all that stuff that I was saying I was doing back then in 2010 and 2011. Like that is exactly how I was kicking. it. That was exactly how I was kicking it. Like I was probably kicking it way too much like a college student at a point where I was 30 years old. But that is the way that I was kicking it. And so now, man, it's like a real live TV show. That's kind of dope. And it's like a TV show with somebody that I want to do a TV show with. Because I mean, a lot of y'all know, like, I'm good with Pablo. Like, I like, I like, this is a chance. And we kind of, you know, we're going to be building a television show from the ground up, which is A, something that I've never done before. And B, is like kind of cool that they are like, you know, thinking that that would be something that they want to do. Now, for me, um, I'm going to tell you something about like my philosophy when it comes to jobs and stuff. Cause I feel like this is something that a lot of y'all can take down the line with you at a job. All you can do is the best that you can. Right. And by the way, the best that you can do at that job is not necessarily going to be enough to save you. It's not. Even if your best is really good and like noticeably really good being really good. Is not necessarily enough to save you. All you can do is the best that you can. Now, either you do it well or you don't, or the project that you work on is successful or is not successful. Now, I personally would like a project that I work on to be successful. It is entirely possible that the project I work on will not be successful. Those sorts of things happen, right? However, If it's not successful, is it really my fault? Now, hear me out. You know, if I'm coming in there and I ain't doing my job, I ain't working hard and stuff like that, then yeah, 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 it's definitely my fault. It's definitely my fault, right? Um, And there's somebody that's over me on the organizational chart that if they ask that person, they'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's his fault, right, if it doesn't work. That's how that works. 
But in reality, somebody was like, yo, Bobadi go get that TV show. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put Bobadi on a TV show. And if that TV show isn't successful, I feel like it's that guy's fault. Not that the show is successful, but my job is to make a TV, is, is like to do TV. His job is to put a television show on that is successful. He asked me, do the best you can to make it successful. But it ain't my job to find a successful television show. I'm going to do my best. Like, it ain't no question about that. And it, I mean, if you know anything about me, I really don't have any lack of confidence about the fact that it'll be successful, right? Like, that's just what I mean. I think I make successful content. So, like, I think that this will ultimately be successful. I, th- I think I tend to work with people who put together successful content. Like, I think the content is going to be successful. But if the content is not successful, it would certainly hurt me to a degree. And I would certainly be uh, disappointed. And I wouldn't want all the jokes that people was going to crack on me. Uh, but, hey, man, I need to take that up to the man that told me he wanted me to do this TV show. All I did was say yes. Like anybody in my position would say yes. Not everybody in your position would give me a TV show. Which, by the way, makes them really cool because I'm glad to have a TV show. Glad to be on a TV show. I really am. But that's why I don't really feel no pressure about these things. Like, that's really it. Like, some, or to put this in simple terms, somebody who answers to people. Right. Someone who answers to people said, you know what? I think a TV show with Bomani would be a pretty good idea. And if you're willing to put your kids tuition on it. I feel like I should be pretty confident about which way this is going to go. You see what I'm saying? Like you go put your livelihood on this on somebody else. You got to feel pretty damn good about that. Right. Like, that's the approach you got to take on all these things. Somebody over you is putting their name and rep on the line, and they trust you to hold it up. Now, on one hand, you can feel the pressure of that because you don't want to let somebody down, and nobody ever wants to let anybody down. I look at it completely differently. I'm like, hey, man, this dude probably knows more about doing this job than me, and he thinks I can do it. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and do it. And then if it doesn't work, it's his fault. You know, they're just going to fire me. He's going to have to answer the questions. <laughs> and that's how it works at every job, right? That's how it works at every job. I'm just trying to give you alternate ways to look at this. Don't y'all going to be running and telling my boss, boy, money said this show don't work. It's going to be your fault. No, I'm not saying it's going to be their fault. Or am I? Sometimes I get a little bit confused. Anyway, yeah, this is going to be it. Now, normally when these things come around for people who listen to this podcast in particular, because, again, it's a bit more of a intimate uh, sort of format that we have here um, with this, because I've known you guys for a long time. Like I say, a lot of you, I mean, this is, I feel like I feel like of the people who follow my work and care about what I do, the closest followers are the ones who are here. You know, and it's not everybody necessarily. Some of y'all just got here for the first time last week. But, like, I feel like this is y'all. And 
I guess this is this is like a little different than it was with some of these other things, right? Like a lot of y'all, like 2010 is when I first started doing Around the Horn, which is crazy because that's like seven years ago now. I think it was in October that I did my first Around the Horn in 2010. So like we're, we're legit like seven years removed from that. So when I go from like doing, you know, local radio and I'm doing the satellite show and that stuff, and then we get all Around the Horn, like that's one thing. You know, like, I mean, that's, that's almost like, I can't even really think about like what the, the comparison is that I can make for it. But, you know, I'm going to the brick store, getting these massages. And the next thing I know, you know, in the, in the massage chair in the store. And the next thing I know, we like, it's around the horn, you know, like I'm doing that. And I do it like once every couple of weeks and then I'm doing it all the time. But even then it's still like kind of outside, you know. And so, like, I'm doing, you know, I worked at, uh, I worked at the score and I worked at SB Nation. You know, that's still outside, like, the big time, you know, like, I mean, not that those are small talk because I love working at those places, but that, that's, it, it's its own space. I went from that to working at ESPN and, like, that was a big one, right? Like, I'm on the TV show with Dan and, and, and Gonzo. And, like, that's a big, like, I'm on a daily television show on ESPN, you know, just two years ago, it's summertime in Chicago, and we hanging out at Mike Hitman's birthday party at the club, and then we going to the strip club, posting up, and we just, I, like, when I say we, I mean people who listen to that satellite radio show where we could just link up, and we can go meet up somewhere for, like, some event. Mike's having a birthday party. People coming in from out of town. People coming in from out of the country. Right. And we going and we kicking it with Mike, you know, and it was just like like legit, like a fam sort of thing. And then two years later, they put me on like I'm on a television show um, on ESPN. And so like that becomes a different thing, like getting on ESPN here and there is one thing like, you know, the, 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 the mouse signing checks that they take tax out of is another one. And so like we're doing that show and it's on ESPN, too. And then next thing you know, the show moves over to the big network. Like we're coming on right before around the horn, you know, and that's its thing. And then like while we're doing that, the radio show kind of like kicks. It's different. Like now, because like even getting the radio show is like a new thing. Like we're adding something like, you know, um, getting on the television show. Like that's a, that's a new thing. We're adding something. This here is like where it isn't there's something being added. Like some of the particulars, I'll talk about it a little bit of a later point. I don't want to get like how this relates to highly questionable stuff. I don't really want to talk about right now. Um, but I feel like it's a different dynamic in this when you go from, you know, these various steps, like go from being outside to getting in to being in and getting to a different place like when you're in like this isn't you know me you know, look, you know the way i look at myself i don't ever think that i have much of an underdog story but i do think that i had a very relatable story for a lot of people and i mean kind of every manish for lack of a better term like it's kind of hard to still kick it like you to every man like going from one television show to another you know and it's 
it's weird to kind of like think of what that difference is in a lot of ways. Cause I guess this is more like a promotion. I had never been at a job long enough ever in my life to get promoted, you know? So this is like kind of like getting a promotion in ways. And I guess it feels sometimes like it's different kicking the door in or sneaking in the back door, however you want to put it versus like getting a promotion. So like I recognize these moments aren't the same as they were in 2011, like for the relationship that I have with a lot of people who listen to this Um, at the same time. Y'all know we made it, right? (laughs) Y'all know we made it, right? Yes. I say y'all know we made it because part of the we in this is I've been kicking it like this now pretty consistently at all the places that I've been. Like, I think the the part of this where I've been the most fortunate is I don't think I've had to do a lot of compromise in the kind of content that I do. And like, these are the places that we've gotten. And this is a lot of stuff that a lot of different places that people swear up and down that you can't do for all these reasons to swear up and down. Basically, I'm scared of white people away and everything else, right? That hasn't happened. Right. Like all the like the places that have fired me and the ones that let me go and didn't even have the dig or didn't have the dignity to call me about it or the places that didn't have the dignity to call me back about part time jobs that I wanted to do and stuff like that. A lot of that was just because they were they they didn't believe for whatever reason that an audience could appreciate the type of work that I was trying to do. And that's on them. But I feel like there's a certain measure of victory that comes for the audience when there are people that have, you know, supported this with time, with money, I ain't really charge y'all for nothing in a long time, but still, you know, with time, with money, with word of mouth, you know, like I think there's a lot of people that got a sincere, like emotional attachment to some of these things and some of these properties that I've worked on over the course of time. And I always say that when something good happens to me, it's really like something good happened to us because I do still feel like, especially for those people that go back, to those early radio shows and like the people who go back to reading my blog when I started doing that in like 2004 and stuff like that. Like, I know it feels almost disingenuous because I ain't giving y'all none of the money or anything, but like, I feel like there's a real we component to the fact that there's going to be a television show that is developed with like me in mind. You know how crazy that is? Like, you know, but like, like legitimately, like what a rare opportunity and idea that is, right? Like this ain't quote unquote my show. Like this is my aunt, my Pablo in mind's television show or however the pronouns go. I'm not in a position to really get those right right now. Um, like it'll be ours, but it'll be originally conceived like with the thought of me in mind. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And I feel like, what they're going to ask me to do is to do me. Cause basically that's what I've been doing with this for the last few years. And nobody's told me to stop and it's gone fairly well. And that I think is where the win is like a collective sort of win. Like that's where I think it is. I think the people that rock with me, the toughest are the people that realize like this really is what it is. 
And I think you've seen, like, certainly there's been some ways that has been changed over the years because this time, like, I mean, I'm a lot older now, like, than when we started this. That's another point to consider, you know? Like, you think about this, man. Three-hour lunch break sports Saturday, man, that was eight years ago. That was eight years ago. You know, I'm not that, I mean, we're different people, you know, it, it ain't the same as it was then because we're different people. I'm different people, you know, but you grow up and all those things. But in the end, all I could give you is like honesty and sincerity. That's what I got. And I imagine that a lot of you have appreciated that. And a lot of y'all got on this early. And so I say, as I typically do in these times, thank you. Right. Because, like, if people couldn't figure out how to rock my little satellite show and to tell me that they enjoyed it, like, can I keep doing it the way that I wanted to do it? Because I kept doing it at these places and it worked for whatever reason, right? And that's kind of an act that comes from the affirmation of the audience. Like, that comes from people saying that they enjoyed it, people making it known that there were folks who wanted to see things done in this way. And so... I feel like it's a we thing, you know, one way to look at it. You get more content that you like, right? That's a win for you. I get the job. That's a win for me. And hopefully in the end, it winds up with a television show that I enjoy making and that we all enjoy watching. So thank you. And of course, like one part of this that is like totally and absolutely a we thing that there's no question about with this Thank you, Lance. I, like, I, I could never explain to people like how this is gone. There's a law security story about me and Lance working together and how we've done this, man. But we've been doing this for years. We've been doing this well. And like a lot of the ability to keep this going is like it's not just simply the fact that Lance puts on it, right? Like it's not just the fact that Lance works. Like it ain't like Lance is doing this for free, you know. Like, you know, I ain't out here like paying the mega bucks. But, you know, it's not like Lance is out here doing me no favors or nothing else. But the thing about Lance is Lance really does approach all of this with an investment level that I truly believe that he would have if it was his own work. You know, like the things that I do and the places that we put it in, you know, Lance treats this with the care that I think that he treats this if it was his own. And you are very, very fortunate if you work for somebody who does that, and a lot of that is um, sincerely from independent motivation. You know, like from the first time I worked with Lance, you need something done, Lance, get it done, right? But it really is the consideration that he has for all of these things that is like professional, but in a very personal way. And so like, we making this happen too. We have, and that's why I can't thank that dude enough for all of these things and how they go. Cause, hey, man, we've had other people that we we we've had other people in the crew. We've had other people that we work with. They ain't all here. They ain't all been here straight through. You know, like this is it, and it is entirely because of the way that Lance handles this business and. Just the way he gets it done. We have this thing going anytime. I call Lance eight o'clock. If I told him at three o'clock in the afternoon, we're not doing the show. I hit Lance at eight. Like Lance, I think we ought to do the show. Lance gonna have the show set up and ready to go. You know, like always. You know that like that the reason that you can be here right now and it be the way it is is Lance handling business and making this happen. So I cannot thank him 
nearly enough for all of this that we have here and all that's been able like to be done. And like this podcast is a big part of it. Because the big thing about this podcast is like the work kind of hey, you know, I can't talk about sports on here, but like, it's gotta like work on stuff. You know, just kind of think about things. Like sometimes it's just a matter of thinking out loud and the different ways to come up with stuff, things people say in the chat room or whatever. But um I enjoy this. I like the ability to just kind of connect in this way. Um, like I just feel like this is all, like I feel like this is different and I feel like it also makes me better at a lot of the other stuff, just kind of the ability to, to do this. And Lance makes this happen. He sincerely does. Like really at this point, I got also productions. It's mine, it's my little company. We do these things off of it. But Lance Gilliam is the one that makes that role, you know? So again, I cannot thank you enough. Enough of that talking about me. Let's get to y'all's questions. Have you ever tried to blend in with the curtains when hiding from somebody you didn't want to meet? Now, some of you may have uh, seen this story. Uh, James Comey, apparently. I did not realize that James Comey was six foot eight, by the way. Um, James Comey, former FBI, FBI director, was um, at some party, and Trump came in, and he ain't want to see Trump. He ain't want to talk about Trump, and so he tried to blend in with the curtains, hoping that Trump would not see me. Now, number one, I have to assume that if James Comey is six foot eight and he became the feds, he can't hoop. And that's number one. That, that, that's 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 the thing I learned number one in his. Number two, I want to know at what moment he decided that was the best that he could do. Right? Like, of all his attempts to try to get out of the way for Donald Trump, how did he decide, A, that that was the best he could do? B, had this previously been effective? Also, C, the fact that there were blue curtains and they were pointing that out and Kobe was trying to, like, blend in with the blue. I love the fact that we just all assumed, no matter what, yes, James Comey would be there in a navy blue suit. Um, but, like, how desperate did he have to be to just be like, I'm just going to stand in the curtains? Which, I have to say, is a much better plan than people are giving it credit for being. Because if Trump sees him from far away, he's 6'8". He can't get away. But if Trump is far away and he's 6'8", and it's like with the, the curtain. Keep it in mind that Trump's 70 years old. Ain't no guarantee he sees so good. Like, I think Kobe gave himself a fighting chance, right? Because it's not like, what could he do? Could he duck under a table? He had very few options. He had, I'm going to go walk over there and talk to Trump, or I'm going to try to hope Trump doesn't see me. And he went with the best, I'm going to hope Trump doesn't see me card that he had. Totally got it. Now, to answer your question, have you ever tried to blend in with the curtains when hired for somebody you did not want to beat, meet? Um, the answer is absolutely yes. And the person I did not want to meet was the cops. But it turned out it wasn't the cops. So it worked out okay. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. Are you humbled by this opportunity or do you feel vindicated in a way? Um, is it possible that the answer is none of the above? 
And the reason I say that is like I'm really not I'm really not that big on the notion of the vindication, right? Like I don't like some of the decisions that people have made with regards to my career. Um but like I don't feel vindicated about that stuff. Like, I mean, like I'm winning on this, right? Like I got a good run. Like it ain't all just strictly about talent in the way that this game goes, right? Like I've had some good breaks. I've met some of the right people. I've wound up where I am, right? So nah, I don't think vindicated is the way to put it. Like I've always thought that I did good work, but this isn't what tells me that I did good work. Like I believe I do good work because I just believe that I do good work. There are plenty of people who do good work who aren't where at, at this place. So I don't know if vindication is the right word, but um you guys know me. I don't really like fully understand this notion of being humbled. Not by this. I don't I don't think it's that level of thing. And part of the reason why I don't think it's that level of thing is I mean, there aren't that many people who get to have a TV show, and this is like really cool. But there's a lot of bums out here that have had TV shows. Right? Like if you look at like the, the heavy quotient of bums who have had TV shows, like, how humble should I be about being in the company of bums? Like, I'm also in the company of some people who do really great stuff, but I'm also there in the company of bums, which in a lot of ways means that getting a television show is a lot like riding the subway. Guys, I have to tell you, I don't know if you enjoyed the way that I hit you with that subway punchline right there, but considering the fact that I just came up with it right here, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I recognize that some of you will not agree, but sometimes, because you know, the podcast goes, I kind of talk fast. It's kind of rapid fire um, in that way. I felt like that was one of those moments where I just had to stop right there and let it sit. But I needed you to understand why I let it sit. So I decided I was going to take a moment to pat myself on the back. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. It is. Like, I think it's cool. I really do. Not a lot of people get to do that. I totally understand. But yeah, I don't think that this is the thing to humble me. Like, this ain't the Medal of Freedom. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. Talk about the day that your dad had visiting you at work and hanging out afterward. First of all, I'd like to note that too many of you guys are watching these late night press conferences. Y'all sending me talk about questions. Um, yeah, if you didn't see it on Highly Questionable last week, uh, my parents came to town to visit. Um, and so we took uh, brother parents into the studio and I had cooked up before we got there. I'm like, OK, like we can't. There's no way that we could have my father in this studio, given that we do this show with Dan's father all the time, that there's no way that we can't figure out some way to put my pops on television. Now, the thing is, and this is something I just don't think that people quite understand. It is an incredible break that Dan has a father that we can put on television. It is kind of hard to explain 
the kind of rare talent or just ability that there is to like be on television or just have like a performative aspect. Like when I used to do those mockumentaries on the satellite show, I would get my friends to voice like some of the parts. And so I'd come and I need them to say something. And then you just realize like not everybody is able to be performative in those ways. Like I needed to read lines certain ways, but I wasn't paying them. So I couldn't really be an asshole about it. You dig? Um, and so my dad is not a performer. Like my dad is a really funny dude, but my dad is not a performer. Dan's father kind of is, right? He's really good at it. My father is not. So I'm like, I want to get my pops out here, but I got to do this and figure out how to make it work in a way that does not require him to perform. How do I go about doing this? And we had him sitting up there with no IFB. And I don't think that he was fully aware of the fact that everybody else had on earpieces. So he doesn't really know what's happening. And we kind of try to explain it. And it's a lot going on there. But we figured out how to make it work. And it was cool, man. Um, one thing I tell you that's funny, he and I laughed about this a little bit. I think one of y'all call him about it, but you know. So my father is a political uh science professor, and you know, my father is like a, a for real deal. Uh, I guess revolutionary is one way certainly to put it. My father got uh expelled from college for participating in the city and movements like I me, mean, he, he, he bought it, right? He, he is bought it, bought it for the cause. Um, but see, then this thing happened. And this thing that happened is his youngest son started making a lot of money. Now, I'm not telling you that to brag about the fact that I'm making a lot of money. I just need you to understand this, right? Like this is important for, for context. So, and you know, my my father is he grew up poor, but he ain't gonna die poor, right? Like let's be clear about that. They ain't gonna die rich, but he is not going to die poor. It's been a long time since he had a car that did not have leather seats. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's he's done all right for himself, right? He he's climbed up he's climbed up the ladder. But he here with us, and so he come over here. And you know, I live on like I got views. You know what I mean? I got water around here. And my old man is like real big about being on the water. He's like, that's his thing. He's real big about being on the water. He always wanted to get a spot um, on the beach, you know, all that stuff. He's real big on the water. And so, man, he's out here and uh, on the balcony. And I was just watching, man. Just looking at the water. I took a picture of him standing out there on that balcony, a big ass smile he had, just smiling with that water behind him. And let me tell you something, boy. Before he left, he looked at me and said, I might have to rethink some of my feelings about the ruling class. Because <laughs> that's the thing about it. No matter how bodies you are for the cause, you like nice things. <laughs> You know what I mean? You like nice things. No matter how that goes, you like nice things, right? And so, like, these are these are the sorts of things that you don't necessarily think about, like, when you have your parents come through. And so, yeah, like, there's a certain measure of pride, but I think the pride, I think the, the elements of pride about, like, the work that I'm doing have been there for a while because he's retired. He watches stuff all the time. Like, both my parents, they see the stuff all the time. Um, 
And I think they're level of proud of me. I don't think they're any more proud of me for doing this job than they would be for me, honestly doing anything else. Like, I think they care about what kind of man I become more than like the level of accomplishment or stuff like that. Right. But at the same time, he did like that balcony. He, uh, he did like that. My mama came through. She did too. And I think that's one thing that's kind of not really whack, but see, Dan's mother wants to have nothing to do with the television show. So there's no real like, way to have my mom on my mom had seen the show before though the old man hadn't seen us film it before moms came down when we were in hialeah um but yeah nah just cool day you know how you folks come through and you know check you out in that scene it's also very interesting to bring your parents to the clevelander i don't think they quite noticed just how the clevelander got down but it did dawn on me at one point i was like oh yeah like went to my mom sees these scantily clad waitresses that's going to be an interesting uh interesting sight but uh they came down they they seemed to enjoy the miami um that's a good thing it was a real good thing appreciate the question let's see what else you got here as your success and exposure increases where does more intimate things like the evening journals fit in the future scheme Evening Jones is in my contract and protected, so I can keep doing it. I, that's why I keep, I, that's kind of what I got. Like, I do it for this particular reason. Um, I don't have any intention of stopping of doing it. Like, I'm not really, I mean, we, we, you know, we sell some ads every now and then, but I don't do this for money. You know, like, I really don't get any, like, like I, I don't, that's, I'm, I'm here because I enjoy doing it. Like, you think about this, man. I talked on the radio three, I mean, this is, Wednesday night that we recorded this. I'm talking on the radio for three hours, came home, ate dinner, and now I'm doing this with y'all. You know, and I got I don't want no pat on the back. Like it's not like I'm going back to work a double shift at the mill. Um, but I'm not really in this for like profit in that way. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. What's the greatest outcast song ever? Okay, I'm setting myself up for one, but I guess it's a podcast. You can argue with your mama about it like I ain't got to necessarily deal with, but so many of you actually bringing it to me. This is kind of an impossible question for a number of reasons. But one thing I will say is Bombs Over Baghdad is the greatest hip-hop song, period. Like, for a whole number of reasons, I've talked about this before. I don't necessarily know if I have the energy right now to break it all the way down. But it is the illest. It is the greatest. It is everything you could ask for a rap record to be. And it is the most energetic piece of music I think I've ever heard that is not facetiously energetic. Like, it's just flawlessly perfect in that way. However, you have other ones that are just kind of like, that's the greatest rap song ever. Interestingly, I'm not sure I say it's the greatest outcast song ever because I feel like the notion of what an outcast song is means something different that I struggle to articulate, right? But like, all the storytelling for, ooh, that might be the greatest outcast song. You know what I mean? Equimini, ooh, that might be the greatest outcast song. You understand what I'm saying, though, about the vibe of those songs that I'm pointing out right there? Like, just a little different. Crumbling Herb. Ooh, that might be the best outcast song. Elevators. Ooh, that might be the greatest outcast song. But, like, just strictly in terms of, like, what rap music is, it's bombs over Baghdad. But there's something kind of particular about the outcast experience that makes you kind of look at some of these other joints and be like, ooh, that might be. Liberation. Like, how are you going to tell me there's a better song than Liberation? Anywhere. How do you tell me there's a better song ever made than Liberation? Tell me what the song is that's better than Liberation. 
You can't. You can't because how can anything be better than liberation? Right. Ah, see? See, see? That's how you answer that question without having all these people coming for your neck. Wasn't really trying to hear it. At all, bruh. At all. Did I say I appreciate the question? If so, I do. Why I almost answered a fly out question. Should I answer the fly out question? Okay. What do you think is the best way to handle an anonymous social media fly out if you are the one doing the flying out? So apparently somebody had a disaster flying somebody out. Um, one thing I have noticed um, off the internet, social media, however it is you want to spin it, people are a little more willy-nilly about jumping on planes than I would be. Like I, I, I just, just, just generally speaking, like I, I, people seem to be a lot quicker to be like, yeah, I just go jump on this plane to see this person than I've ever really been about, and not to say that I've never done it or that I never would, right? I mean, I don't feel like there's there's vetting done. Now, I also understand that like flying to see somebody to really do the vetting that you should do costs more money than people give it credit for. So, for example, um. Like, you're going to go fly out to see somebody you ain't never seen before, you ain't never met before, whatever it is. I guess maybe you develop some sort of bond over phone or whatever it is, but somebody probably need to get a hotel room. Like, just to be safe, whoever's doing this need to get a hotel room. Because you don't know, like, what, what you going to say? Hey, man, before I come out there, I'm going to need you to FaceTime me all around your house. Like, you're probably not going to do that, right? Yeah, you probably need to get your hotel room just to be safe. Does that not seem like a good idea? Because I think it sounds like a good idea. You need a hotel room just to be safe. But most people ain't got money to just be doing that. After all, someone had to pay for a plane ticket. Right. So, yeah. 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 Do some, I guess do some research, man. Do some research. Get a hotel room. And the person want to fly to see you, you might want to tell them they need to get a hotel room. Like, that that's probably the thing that people need to do more on those is get themselves hotel rooms. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. You seem to get cut off by the break on multiple occasions of your radio show. I find it hilarious. Is the clock technically your nemesis? No, not really. They give me a hard out time, and I am out by that hard out time every single time. What I don't know is, is the clock in my studio synced up perfectly with the clock that's actually making these distinctions. But nah, people tell me that, and I don't know if it's an internet thing either. Like, I don't know where it is, but we are out comfortably every time on the clock that we work with. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. 
with recent anniversaries of are you experiencing what's going on what are your favorite tracks off of each and what would your pick be for the greatest debut album damn dog the greatest debut album you want to like out of all of them now, with all your experience of what's going on, I do feel like I can do that. Uh, what's going on? My favorite track on there is actually Flying High into Friendly Skies. Like, that is, to me, like the underrated James Jameson masterpiece is Flying High into Friendly Skies. He is, ooh, dude, that shit is jamming. Um, are you experienced? Let me pull this up so I remember all the tracks on it. Don't let me forget something. Also, are you experience is kind of tricky because there's so many different layouts of are you experience that I get lost trying to remember uh, what is on each, like what is actually on are you experience or what is just something they put on some deluxe edition and everything else. I have always been a big fan of made this be love, but I think my favorite one on are you experience is I don't live today. I don't live today. It's jamming. Yeah, that one goes. But all right, I'm a little tired. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to get this thing done once a week. It normally goes like once every two, but we try for every week. My man Lance Gilliam hands everything behind the scenes. Thank you. Remember, if you can't catch uh, the Evening Jones live, subscribe at the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud. Also, uh, check us out at the Google Play Store. Hope to talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.